What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. City Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Trying to get it into Wahab instead. Cross court pass. Murray with an open lane. Oh, put it on a poster. That is a poster. No question. Great block by Meyer. Just stayed right in that play. Was trailing the whole way. Danger picks it up and throws it down. There's a Dickinson. Like Miles Dredd made it work because he got Funk for three, and he hits his first from range, and what a time for it. Penn State within three again. Jackson down the lane. Whoa! Whoa! There's a difference maker. Andre Jackson Jr. Hey now! That's how I feel every morning. Whoa! Hey now! It's that time I get to work with DB again. No, that's no not I actually all, that's wake not, up and snooze my alarm. Yeah, that's not all. <laughs> it's not that exciting. It's Thursday morning on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And that's something you can actually see tomorrow as we have a live breakfast at Hale Varsity Club. I, I know we still have spots. I'm do we sure, have, do we, I'm sure we can make room even if we don't have spots. Make so if you're room. interested... I don't know. Where do I direct them? Like, uh, I feel like I should have done more prep on this. Well. It is your thing. It's not my thing. They just use my name. It's <laughs> our <laughs> thing. They used your name and you in the video. I think it was alliteration. Like, the whole breakfast yep. with Benning thing. And I had been doing the Benning Bites while you were doing the six-pack. Mm-hmm. So now that we're going to do the six-pack together probably once a week. Yeah, now we get to share it. Now I don't have to get drunk by myself. Uh, sharing is caring. Well, I guess Shaner did drink all the beer whenever we did the six-pack. Yeah, Shane will have Big Apple Red Bull. Big Apple. I will have ginger ale. Yum. And you will have coffee. <laughs> yes, and I have my coffee right now, which is uh, good. Well, you can't really do that yet because you can't give away the milk for free so whomever is going to be your coffee guy wait until yeah they're like hey if you guys are going to be talking coffee and be on video every day i want that advertising you know what i'm going to give a little plug here because they do work with the chicken nick show so it kind of counts the beanery Beanery? i really like beanery Beanery. yeah i'm a huge beanery guy do you know what i like about beans the fact that you can make a decent chili Mm-hmm. The fact that you can get some good vanilla, and uh, it's a different kind of vanilla bean or bean. But uh, what else do we like about beans? I like green beans. You're so. And you know what that also applies to? <laughs> I like green beans. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> green beans are not on the old menu at, at the Benning household. Hey. Uh, Shane, too Green early beans. to get Shane, too early to be get, getting booted off our own show. Green. You smell what the rock is cooking. I do not. I, it's another I, way to describe a sports bet win because all you get are green. Hey, so instead of Bean, how about Ben? Was Jamie? That, oh gosh, 
Don't even talk to me about him. It's okay. It is okay. Now, okay, so I'll set the stage. Last night, I, I told DB I came off a really good NHL parlay win. And so I'm, I'm like, let's build another one. Three games. I'm glad our listening audience is like, oh my gosh, this guy is truly a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find that out <laughs> sooner is, rather than later. He is truly a degenerate. I parlayed four goal scorers, and you're like, well, how can you do that? There are only three games. Well, I did a same-game parlay in the wild lightning game. Got them both right. I got Kirill right, and I got Braden, po- Braden Point right. I bet on Heeshear, and then I parlayed Jamie Ben. And I don't know if anybody else saw it. I, I did throw out one tweet, which probably got most of our listeners a little confused. Like, why is Andrew interested in this Ducks game right yeah. now. And more often times than not, if I'm tweeting about a, a team that I don't normally tweet about, it's because I have a bet that is, you know, hanging on by a thread and that right there could tie the knot. Jamie Ben, closing seconds of the second period, stars go on a power play, gets the gets the pass. It was it was a it was a shot from the blue line but directed more as a pass. Easy tipping. Had a wide open goal. Nah, I don't know about easy. Easy. It, w- it was open. Easy the, for him. The far corner was open. Do you want him to go a little top shelf? I wanted him to elevate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Just elevate the puck a little bit because Gibson is stretching with his pad. He could only make one save, and that's the save he made. Oh. His, his, because when you stretch out your leg like that, coming low, from a different direction, low, low near you're post. still not all the way down to the ice. So you could have gone 5 hole theoretically. But he hit the spot of the pad that stuck on the ice next to the skate, uh, did not score, and then Rob! the Stars got shut out, which I would rather that happen than the Stars score six goals and Jamie Benn not, not get, get one, one of them. I, I think at first blush, if you'd have asked me the, the quartet, I'd have maybe felt like Ben was the safest. <laughs> For real? Kind because of. he was like plus 275 as an which, anytime which goal should have, Which should have let you know. <laughs> Right, but I, I'm big into going back to recent games mm-hmm. and, and seeing him heat up. And they were hot. And, and this is a guy that got promoted to the second line. He was a third liner last year, and he's on the first power play unit. He's a third liner last <laughs> year. Hey, I'm all about ice time. That's, that's that elevate that you were looking for, right? Yeah. Moving on up. You know, that was a killer, and i got to ask you this. Okay. Because feel free, and this, we're gonna get. By the in. way, by the way, good morning. Yeah, good morning to you too. Yeah, how you doing? I, I'm great. How are I'm things? with you. Well, you have your coat on, so I'm worried. No, so I wore a t-shirt today, and oh, I was, and you gotta I, like, I gotta get warmed you gotta up. Ease and, into yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't want to wear another like pullover jacket because I um, I wanted to rep my St. Louis BattleHawks t-shirt that I got for six dollars. Old school. Hey, that's uh, Shane. He shops like you. How about? Man, could it be? How about that? That's not bad. Um, Shane, I don't. Shane does not believe in getting T-shirts for more than three dollars. You're a clearance rack guy. Six, I'm is, there. Six is pushing it. See, I, I like the clearance rack. Shane, you can are find you, some uh, some so, diamonds in the rough there. Shane, so even when you go to the Goodwill, are you still in the kids section? Uh, no. So you you go to I'm getting the, like a large. Do you start in the toys section and then go to clothes? No. <laughs> Looking Shane, for Hot Wheels? Shane, where'd you, <laughs> get that, Shane, where'd you get that shirt, man? Ken Barbie is now naked. Yeah. Wait, Ken Barbie, that's a little... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That vest, is that is that, is that Gucci? <laughs> what were you going to ask me? Is it hockey related? No, actually completely different. And I'll set, I'll set the lineup here first. Uh, we'll talk college basketball upsets here in a few. Uh, later on, we will chat with... 
Brandon Vogel of HailVarsity.com. One Vo of our jelly. Good friends. So and, jelly. Um, I got teammates here on Hail Varsity Radio. Air high um, five. There is a need in the portal that I still think Nebraska needs to address. We'll get into that. We'll talk NFL playoff picture and the Jim Harbaugh coaching rumors at the top of the hour. We'll also chat with Parker Gabriel, covers the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post at 8.30. So good to talk to PG again. I need a little guidance. I get it from my man Parker. We, we may have to get him into the fold. You're going to love him. Not to be confused with Paul George. His range is fantastic. I mean, you knew right away when um, LJS hired him, uh, they, it, he was going to be hard to keep. Uh, it's very, very gifted, extremely smart. So bringing him back into the fold because there are just certain guys that I enjoy having dialogue with. Well, you guys were giving him a glowing review he's pretty, about 10 minutes before the show. Like, he's, hey, he's the nicest guy. He's just, he's really good at his job, too. You, There's just that, guys that I enjoy, that I think I, I know that, like, whether we talk about tiddly wings or shooting marbles or jacks or whatever i think we can get a good conversation parker's in that he's in that he's in that fold sam McEwen, another one because you can you can ask sam anything it it could be an all-around sports fan Mm -hmm. it could be even degree of difficulty he can go top he go topical he could go philosophical like um sure yeah that (laughs) shane are you guys going are you guys going (laughs) I think you're spot on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Thank you. You're right. That's fine. That's thank fine. You. Thank, That's you. thank fine. you. Thank you. We talked a little sports gambling right off the top, and we'll end with Brian Edwards, too. So it's it's weird. It all comes full circle. Vegas B. Edwards was a guy that I started with. He's a guy, oddly enough, I had a buddy that worked at Vegas Insider. Yeah. And I don't know if he still does. A, I think he does a, a podcast with them still regarding college basketball. And he said he worked closely with a guy named Brian Edwards. And he told me, because my buddy, one of my best friends, knew that I worked with you. He said Brian always talked about you. Like saying, like, DB and I were boys. Like, this is my guy. So I went to Vegas. Um, I've been there a couple times. I went to Vegas and hung out with, with B. Edwards. We watched UFC together. It was supposed to be John Jones. But unceremoniously, John Jones was removed from the card last minute, not testing so well. That's so, okay. <laughs> so John Jones was not on the card. We had great food. And Brian, so Ed, were you at the book? Like, the yeah. So Did you have the, a reserve table and yeah. everything? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got a good story about that, too. So, you know the first thing that happened when I pulled up? Took a pick. Guess who was getting out of their limo? One John Jones. Took a picture with John Jones. No way. Yeah, so I have all those on my phone. So in Were you wearing a sweater over a button-up shirt? No, I was not. Wow, you're going to stay on that, right? What were you doing in 09? That's what I want to <laughs> yeah, know. I was in school. <laughs> were you like in English? I was wearing a uniform. Were you in like English class? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. I, I, I was maybe in English class, but I wasn't paying attention. So in like a... 30-hour stretch, I was with Carl Anthony Towns and John Jones. That's awesome. Yeah. Carl, so NBA, Vegas was, they were, NBA was just getting started in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And that was back when Carl Anthony Towns was playing in Summer League. (laughs) Actually, he was a spectator. Oh, wasn't playing. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 
So, Brian Edwards does not look anything like he sounds. Did you feel like a big shot? No. Being next to those guys? No. So he's pretty – Shane, is it conspicuous or inconspicuous? It's got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. He's very unassuming. John Jones was a quickie. That was just – Get in, know, get out. He's like, he dapped me up. He's like, hey, what's up, my guy? Like, he put me in a mini headlock. He's significantly taller than me. Um, so he's just like, hey. And I was like, ah, I barely know. You don't like to be touched. But it's better than being hit. Or kicked, or anything like that. And speaking of the We're UFC, destroyed. <laughs> are are you surprised? And Shane, our guy Kevin Ioli got hammered by our other guy Stephen Muleheisen, who we used to talk mm-hmm. to all the time about MMA and boxing. Boy, he was not happy with Kevin Ioli. Called him out about not putting the screws to Dana White. Really? Yeah. But sh- should we be judging Dana White more harshly? I don't know. I feel like. A penguin? Everybody right now is Stephen Simple is, is that falling to me into the same trap. Like, what is happening? So I feel like a penguin. Me too. It's cold out. Uh, Drew Down, are you a pound of flesh guy? Like, do you need your pound of flesh for reconciliation? Do you like, or are you kind of just like go along to get along, move along? Like, that'd probably be me. Go along, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So the, the, this, this thing the last 48 hours is now could Dana White, could anybody but Dana White skate, if in fact that's what happens, what happened when things like that are caught in public? Mm-hmm. Could anybody else get away with striking a female in public in such a public manner? And come out unscathed? And come out basically okay? So I, I don't think anybody could. So I'm trying to think, though, does anybody have as much control over their respective sport as Dana White? Mm -mm. No, I I think he he stands alone. Even Goodell has the owners. So commissioners that run sports leagues have the owners, ultimately, that they answer to. Who does Dana White answer to? His board of trustees, himself. Like he's, he's the main kit and caboodle. Do you think that that sense of power resonates with his life too much? I don't. I mean, I could see that. I mean, he he's not a guy. We've and so we talked about this with Kevin the last time when uh, we yep. had Ioli mm-hmm. on when uh, my guy Usman and and uh, the the style bender. Yeah, the criticism that. Dana White renders on his own product. Right. And I said, gosh, can, you know, can anybody else get away with that? And I guess when the buck stops with that guy, he can kind of control it. But he has so many friends in the media that, like even Stephen A, and I say what you want about vouching and credibility or whatever, like even Stephen A, who's pretty good friends with D. White, Dana White, like went there and then got off. So it's like, they're 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 bringing mm-hmm. attention to it, but it's not like nobody's really like going all in. That's of what I would call national. Ooh, did you see what such and such said? It's almost like, and I think people care because it's a popular sport. But I, you just haven't. I mean, it, you just haven't heard. No, I actually heard. Does it? Does more. it have? Hey, does it have something to do with this? Riddle me this, Batman. 
the fact that his wife made a public statement so soon? Yes, I think it does matter. Okay. Um, I was going to say I actually think I've heard more about the U.S. men's national team head coach and his physical altercation than I have about Dana White. Yeah. That's interesting, too. I coach – I don't coach – well, he plays on Westside's football team, and his last name is Reyna, mm-hmm. Aiden. So I, used, I called him Claudio for a year and a half. I had no idea who Claudio Reyna was. But I just called him Claudio just because mm-hmm. everybody right. gets a nickname. So I even asked all the kickers, like, because I figured the kickers know soccer. So I asked Tristan and everybody. And Tristan was a soccer player. Yeah, and I called Tristan Magnum TA. It's an old wrestler that I used to like, and but he had a huge leg and TA obviously his initial. So I used to just call him Magnum TA, and it took him like three weeks to ask me. He's like, "Hey, coach, this was like two years ago." He's like, "Hey, coach, why do you call me Magnum TA?" Anyway, I rapidly go down the rabbit hole but before i embarrass myself could you i would have gone to the internet like if i was tristan i would have typed in that and then i would have said coach why are you labeling me as a former wrestler (laughs) uh, who had a very bad vehicle accident um can you believe that story Uh, that thing dates back to i mean you're going back some years and it's like (laughs) claudia arena i absolutely I've never threatened anyone. I'm just like, where, like, where are we going with this? And meanwhile, Dana White, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, it, it comes up, and it's like we get it gets enough attention, and then we like move off. And I'm like, could anybody else get away with that? Because it's always something different. I like st- there, something else pops up. I still that think covers it up. It's because his wife went to bat for him. I, I really do, and she's not like. And it was immediate, you know, it's within, you know, 10 hours. And it's like, and I just think with some of these issues that happen where stories come out and we're not sure, I think if the, can I say victim? I think if the one that the act was perpetrated against and when we have all these things swirling, like Chris Beard or Coach mm-hmm. Joseph or whomever else, like if we hear from the other person, which we ultimately did with Coach Beard. Right. Um, does that change the way that we think going forward? Like, will we, do we care, do we care enough to, to, to look at Dana White the same? Does it really matter? It seems like it does, but he's, he's got such stroke. It's really hard to sit with, right? Because it's hard to separate your stance. Of course you're against it. Correct. Of course. But whenever you hear things like what you're saying right now, it's like, how do you accept it? Like, that's, that's what's hard at the end of the day. Mm. You're, nobody, no matter how much power, no matter how much grip you have on, on something, should be able to get away with it. But did the fact that you're not getting away with it. Did the fact that Dana White's statement seems so unpolished. That, that doesn't help. I actually think it did. You, th- was, you think because it wasn't there was like, there was no the publicist the yeah there was no nobody wrote that or said that other than Dana White hey listen people are gonna say what they say it's whatever I deserve it I absolutely deserve it could, so so could, maybe could come across more genuine that way right so maybe that so sometimes I like listening to guys that aren't as polished yeah right because at least I know you know all in all I think you hit the nail on the head by saying. When the other party comes out and says something. That's probably what it is. 
it it kind of puts a blanket over the fire, like a fire. Like if you had a fire and you put your fire blanket over it, and it starts to you know fizzle out. Because I, I, I think what like. I think what people are afraid to say is what they really saw in the video, mm-hmm. right? Because this is the dirty little secret that people don't talk about because there's this we're in this day and age of political correctness and there's still a little bit of chivalry and man she did whack him pretty good but nobody is going to say that because the adage is i don't care what happens you never ever ever strike mm-hmm. a woman right so but believe me there 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 are people that i think want to talk about that as though hey not to give not to let anybody off the hook, but you're, you're like at the water cooler and you're like, man, did you see how she hauled off and hit him? I wonder if, because if he doesn't, then you know what we would be talking about? Man, that took some serious constraint or something like mm-hmm. that, restraint. Uh, like that, I don't know. I, you also, when you get a video, and this happens all the time, whether you're talking about an, inc- an incident like this or even something else, you never get the full picture. You always get a piece. Yeah, I don't and then know. you craft was... your opinion off a piece. I know in this case, like you got more than just a fifteen-second piece, but in a lot of cases, I would say over ninety-five percent of cases, when you look at something on social media, you are getting ten percent of what actually happened. Yeah. I wonder. So was that the uh, was that the facilities camera? Or was somebody filming that? Because it, I thought, you, I, I, I at first I thought it was the facility until it was almost mm-hmm. eye level. Eye level. Yeah, I would say somebody was filming it because when you get somebody of that stature in your place, yeah. But how business, do you know? You're not just sitting. That would be like. No, but I'm waiting for it to go down. But you may, I'll, you I'll, may I'll, also just be recording because it, it was probably an argument, right? Maybe, maybe voices were being raised, and now you're like. Dana White's arguing with his wife. I'm going to get this on video and send it to my mm, friends. Yeah. But if, if it was a regular person in a restaurant, they'd do the same thing. Right. And then if you saw a regular person start wailing on somebody else, you'd be like, whoa, TMZ exclusive. Right? Yeah, unfortunately, I saw that on Channel 7 last night with what was going on in local area high schools. Everybody's got a phone. You, can't, you can't get away with anything. Yeah. So think about that before you make your next step. I agree. Think about that. Did you see what I texted you yesterday? You never responded. Was, w- w- Did you see the, the Twitter thread that I sent to you? No. My favorite morning show in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. So you know what I didn't understand, though? So that was the guy that you would always talk about. You're like, oh, yeah, my favorite show. When they get into mm-hmm. the show, they, they don't start by talking sport. Mm-hmm. That's the guy? No. Not the main guy, not the X Factor, just a member of the show. Okay. And uh, for, for our listeners out there, long story short, he was sending inappropriate messages via Facebook Messenger to a bunch of listeners. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it for years because I, if you go back on that Twitter page, they're all there. So I, he did leave himself multiple outs, though, right? So it's kind of weird, but he, then he, not. LOL. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. the show is very much like that. Very much uh, tight ropes the FCC line, Ooh. and so they do a very good job of the thing, the thing that makes Shane cringe. Yes, Shane gets shaky fingers. Yeah, it, they do a very good job of you know kind of beating beating the rules, mm. right? And. So where because is, there's a little bit of that inappropriate vibe to the show, he 
like that's his personality. So he was showing that. So where does where's the hub? In St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, I, it was a part of my, our sister station when I worked at ESPN there. So the main reason that I didn't respond immediately is because I went down the rabbit hole. Of, of looking at all of well, the Yeah. All the stuff? Yeah. And it's hard, too. When people do it in, like, fours, mm-hmm. you have to make sure, like, it's a corner. You're trying to go in order. Right. It's like, is this one and then this one? Or do I go up, down, or do I go yeah. over, then down, then hey, over? You just click a message, and it's, and it's pretty inappropriate. <clears throat> That's your what guy. isn't inappropriate are the upsets that we saw in college basketball. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, back with you live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. It's coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Damon Benning to my left. I'm Andrew Rogers, Shane Schillerberg on the board. Again, you can join us for our breakfast show tomorrow. I did look it up. You do have to reserve a spot. You can pay at the door, though, but you can get tickets prior to. Easier entry. Find your seat. Enjoy the show. This is where we need to put the headsets on, Sasha, because... She basically knows everything that Shane doesn't, but well, she's over there, like you know, like just making sure we don't screw up. Like, it's so it's, funny she's, too, because she, she is strangling me from a distance by not knowing the the facts of the the breakfast show. Hey, what would you? Is there anything worse than the subtle eye roll? <laughs> she does. She does show me that once or it's twice. It's like if you're a you day. almost rather be cussed out than have somebody look at. Sometimes our coach well, would look at me and he'd just be like. You do that too, though. And it's like, well, beca- like, not like all the time. But. Yeah, but do you know why? Do you know why? Because I, I used to, I know words. Whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. They're fibbing. But chains right? and whips excite me. Oh, different one. <laughs> okay, Tony. <laughs> so it's like some, and, and my dad used to always say, he's like, you know what? Words matter. You know, choose them carefully. So, which is why a lot of the way that I was, why I talk the way that I do, like, you know, like kind of with a broken cadence or I'm kind of thinking as I'm going. But anyway, I buy myself time by giving those looks. <laughs> that's why, that's why, yeah, I'm like, because I'm trying to think where the other person is coming from when they either say what they say. So said it's your or, dramatic pause in life. It's, or tweet what they tweet, right? Like during the Buffalo Bills game, I, I seriously was beside myself. I'm like, how do you have the, the, how do you just fire off a tweet without even asking what context it is? And even if you're wrong, like, why go all in? Oh, that's, I can't believe it. I'm I'm like, hey, wait a minute. That's, that's Twitter. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not even what I'm saying. What you can were I, talking about. Can I finish? <laughs> right? Like, I don't care if I know if the game is final. I'd like for those players to know that the game is final. And for the people on set so we can talk about other things other than I don't, saying I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, did you see how quick Diggs got to the hospital? Did you see Record the time? But where they showed him pulling up to the mm-hmm. hospital. Well, like, I didn't see him pulling up, but I saw him walking in. That's what I saw. Oh, 
pull up. So the kids use pull up when they mean, you know, hey, walk, pull up. Okay, like okay. walk up. So, I, I'm with you. I so he was you walking, like a literal Uber. but he was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you need an Uber, I got a guy. I'll introduce yeah. you to him tomorrow. Yeah, you know what? I told him. I retweeted his tweet. He's coming. I said I can't wait to meet hey, you. He's careful now. Again, you can't always do crazy. You got to do it in small doses. Yeah, watch Z. You hear what he's talking? He's talking to you. No, he knows. <laughs> he embraces it. Yeah. Wait till you see him. He looks like the macho man. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Okay. Different is good for Z. He likes it. But anyway, I say, I, to say, I forgot what I was saying. We're talking top 25 basketball. I know. Claude, have mercy. We, ODB's back. Hey, we were just hitting the shoulder a little bit, you know, like the the part of the road on the highway. Yeah, so goes, I just mm, wanted the mm, players you know, to be able to lane. clear their mind. Right. Right, because I said it immediately, too, when they were, like, warming up for the first five minutes. I'm like, hey, I'm just telling you guys, CPR is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Right, and my this was my favorite. I told Ashley we're gonna take CBR classes after things. Yeah, like this. so you have to get certified mm-hmm. to as a coach. Oh, no I way. still now I don't remember. I know they taught us the beat. This what is it? Staying alive. The the, the how to utilize the AED thing. Oh, the paddles. But it's still like you. Are those paddles. Joe Blow just can't do that. Is AED paddles or is it like where you like? Place the. I think it's the placing things, okay. right? That's. I don't know. Dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So good on the first responders, but. Um, I even I I said it. I was like, until they know he like when you know that somebody is fighting for their life, like life or death. Until you know that they're okay, one minute seems like an eternity. 20 minutes seems like, how do you not know something in 20 minutes? Like, let's, ju- I, I'm a big, put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. What if I asked you something and it took you, let's say, just 10 minutes to figure out? Do you know how long that is? Like, if I said, hey, Andrew, you know, something that you should visibly be able to see. Hey, what was the, sco- what was the score of the Connecticut game last night? And it took you 10 minutes. Mm, carry the two. I would think something was wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Right. That would seem like days, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear people say, it was just an hour. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> tell the, tell that right. to the folks that are wondering about the health of their team. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I like, I didn't even really get a chance to finish before everybody had, like, the, uh, that's what I hate about you, media, man. It's selfish. You need to know. I'm like, there's nothing about this. Well, really, except to watch Booger struggle was tough, right, because I was mm-hmm. harkening back to some radio shows where I was like, can you help me get through this? I'm not going to be good, right, because that's what you want to do. But right. Susie, Susie chipped in and bailed him out. But I'm like, I didn't get a chance to really get into it, right? It's just what's going on. Rob on YouTube says the AED literally tells you everything to do. He's an AED first aid and CPR uh, instructor. So, um, Rob, thanks for tuning into the show. He it also- does? So, like, are there – I can't re- – So It's probably know- on, like – what? I, and mind you, I'm, I'm not certified, so I could be completely wrong, but it's probably on, like, the packet when you open up the equipment, right? That unto itself would take a certain level of – understanding and composure mm-hmm. yeah because because things are cool like when you're practicing but real life like the ability to 
Like it's like catching punts in practice. It's different right. than being in front of ninety thousand, right? It's like oh, this is not the same. <laughs> um, speaking of not being in front of ninety thousand. Um, and I was a little disappointed with the turnout for the Creighton women's basketball game last night. Yeah. Um, the the ladies ended up taking the L, lost by four to Providence, seventy nine seventy five. They entered sixteen and three all time against the Friars, and it, it's obvious offense wasn't an issue in this game at all because this team shot what was it fifty percent from downtown, something crazy Which like is that what number, they do. and they just couldn't get the stops inside when it mattered most against that team. Yeah, and it seemed like that was the theme of the night last night on both the men's and women's mm-hmm. side. It did not pay to be the higher-ranked team. Now, Arkansas kind of staved off trouble, even though they Missouri, were down 17 early. Missouri gave them that zone defense. All they oh my wanted. Goodness. I mean, Duke, the Razorbacks did not have an answer. Duke until took it on the chin. The second half, and I guess technically TCU was yeah, ranked higher. Duke. Than, yeah, so, so I, I know can. you're a UNC guy, so you, I, I am, <laughs> you probably but, have some type uh, of... Uh, my, my producer for the radio network is a huge Duke, a guy, Duke guy, Andrew Dowdy, and so I don't really want to like rub salt in the wound because it's not like Carolina look like world beaters against nope. Wake And Force. Caleb Love, I think he needs to rest up. So we have these conversations mm-hmm. about players you struggle to cheer for even though they play on your team. Caleb Love's that one would, of them. That would be Caleb Love for me. That would have been Shaquille O'Neal for the Lakers. That was Jeff Kenton, Juan Uribe for the Dodgers, right? That was Neil O'Donnell as a Steeler. So it's like, oh, yeah, don't get me started on Neil O'Donnell. Brendan, <laughs> my but, Brendan's die tells an amazing story about the night before the Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell. I cringe, and I'm like, well, I believe it, though. I absolutely believe it. <laughs> Because you <laughs> – what, you wanted UConn to win? I mean, they ran into a buzz. I, I it was a, a good night for Providence last night, Sasha. I thought we had a Vuvuzela going off in She's here. Like, <laughs> we good? can't believe I said that word right. Hey, was was she a Missouri fan? She wanted – she wasn't cheering for Arkansas. You know what who happened? was a Missouri fan and is a Missouri fan is our guy that we talked to yesterday, Joel Lorenzi. Yeah. Mizzou alum. Mizzou alum. He was talking about that game on Twitter. Uh, I was watching the Providence UConn game. Yeah. Um, and that was that was fun to watch. How about a day, what a day for Providence? Um, they, now they moved to thirteen and three on the season, five and zero in Big East play for the first time in program history. This win puts them in sole possession of first place in the Big East. DB. I still think we got a long way to go in this bad boy. And that was my poll question. I said, put all bias aside. Who's the best team in the Big East? And I said, if you think Creighton, because I didn't put them in the, in the poll because it only allowed four spots, but I said, spam the like button if you think it's Creighton. Outside of that, though, I put Xavier, Providence, Marquette, UConn. There's five teams that could compete for a Big East title right there. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, is if you're a Jays fan, are you, are you pumped that you're kind of riding a high heading into Connecticut? Or are you like, oh, shoot. We got a hornet's nest probably mm-hmm. waiting for a team that's going to be dialed in coming off a couple of L's. Couldn't tell you. Either way. Yeah, we'll I don't know Saturday. what side I'd l- rather lie on. Um, but you're right. Uh, interesting coming. Uh, an interesting game coming on Saturday. Also, an interesting person that we're about to talk to next. That's Brandon Vogel on Coffee and Cream. Coffee. 
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency on the AM590 app is where you can find us in Omaha. You can also catch us live on the radio, also 1480 ESPN Lincoln, and live on YouTube, Twitter, Find Coffee and Cream. Join us for the show. We appreciate you having, and we love having you here. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and our guest next, Brandon Vogel, who is with us via StreamYard, our first StreamYard guest. And He's so cool. It's, it's proper to have a Hale Varsity writer, the managing editor, I should say, as our first guest. And by far and away, and I know he's going to say this doesn't take a lot of tech not, tech logical savvy but by far and away of all of us the guy that can be the most self-sufficient with a computer amen amen and it's probably because he reads a lot look at all those books back there brandon good morning b folks good morning man how are you i'm doing well guys thanks uh when shane shane messaged me to say you want to do Streamyard, i was like sure i didn't know uh didn't know we'd be breaking new ground, so just honored to be a part of this. Yeah, you know what? We dug the shovel in, <laughs> and you're with us. When you're as smart as our boss is, he often wonders why everybody just doesn't use StreamYard so you can control what you can control better. But as you know, Bill, and I'm like, not everybody thinks like you. Like, that's, <laughs> right. that's why you're successful, and we're just we're trying. little people. <laughs> How you been, Brandon? It's a lot has been going on in the in the landscape. Can can I start with a little OT? I want to go back to volleyball. Just because the the way that it ended, it was a little unceremonious. Nebraska was trying to figure it out from a health standpoint. They've had some departures. We we've seen this a little. But it wasn't as many scholarship players and I think it was like 11 or 12 and Coach Cook was kind of going back to the drawing board, refiguring out how he wanted to do coaching. Is this a, another new stretch, in your opinion, for Coach Cook as he gears up managing the portal departures all while trying to remain successful? I think it is. Um, and, you know, when, when he and I worked on worked on the book a few years ago, it, he, he had already been through a couple of those, you know, moments where he personally would mark it and say, you know, things changed for me, for the sport, for the, the landscape of college athletics after this moment or that moment. And I think this is another one, you know, looking back at Nebraska, they, they did a good job of managing all of the roster shuffling that they did throughout the season. And, you know, I kind of came away from that tournament loss thinking, well, it might have caught up to them a little bit. The plan that they went into the season with at setter obviously became much different through throughout the season. That's, that's a tough one too. So not only, you know, Programs like Nebraska are remain kind of destinations when you're in the portal. You, you still have an upper hand there, but mm -hmm. I think that's gonna you know it's gonna be harder and harder to maintain that kind of status. So we'll see what happens there, and also just the the, the graduation or you know, players like Maddie Kubik mm -hmm. and, and Nicklin Hames. That alone makes it, I think, kind of a turning of a new leaf as they go to a, a little bit of a younger generation. And Brandon, how cool is it to see Maddie Kubik? taking her talents to Puerto Rico now. Yeah, uh, that was, um, you know, Coach Cook alluded to the fact that she was going to go play professionally. Um, and we've seen plenty of former Huskers yeah. go go 
forth and, and have really long professional careers um, abroad. Um, I mean, Jordan, Jordan Larson kind of being the, the penultimate example. It's, it's not for everybody. You know, some people get a taste of, of that life and, and love it and enjoy the chance to bounce around Europe or Asia or, or wherever they may end up. Some people try it for a little bit like Kelly Hunter and, and kind of find their, their path towards coaching that way. Let me transition as we as we talk football here, and Coach Rule is 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 hit the ground running, obviously, and he's kind of rounded out his staff. And uh, the one thing outside of age uh, that you get that's a reoccurring theme is it's people that he's familiar with. This time around, if you're part of Nebraska's fan base and you remember what happened with the transitioning of the former regime and and kind of the his guys concept what do you think will be or should be different this time around so we can separate the two yeah good good question i'll say that as the staff has kind of come into full focus at this point you know i was a little bit surprised i think my default setting and I'm, i'm having to revisit this is that you know you expect to see a little bit more change a little bit more variety but this similar to when Frost came from UCF, feels a lot like uh, a, a trusted group of assistants. And, and I think that's fine. I, in terms of the difference between this time and the, the past time, the big time, the big thing for me is just the experience level there. You know, a lot of these guys were, were with rule at Temple um, and had been, you know, Ed Foley is a very, very experienced coach. Um a good handful of them went to Baylor. Some of them have been with him just solely at the NFL. So I think there's just a little bit larger sample size versus the last time where Nebraska basically took its entire staff of, of two years at UCF and brought them all to Lincoln. Brandon, when you see the work that Rule and his staff have done in regards to the transfer portal and recruitment, um, already within a month's time, a month and a week, whatever we're at now, it's been 30 guys that have already been signed or, or um, seven coming out of the transfer portal especially. Is, is that a number uh, in regards to the transfer portal, the seven, that you see continually growing, whether it's this year or even years down Spring, the line maybe. for Matt Rule? Or do you think that that number, once he kind of gets settled in in Lincoln – will start to maybe maybe come back a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, good question. I, I, think, I think ending up at seven wouldn't be a bad number for um, a, a, your kind of yearly average. Now, I, I expect them to go up. I do expect them to add some more, you know, in kind of the second window, and we'll see if anything shakes out here in the next, you know, remaining time that this current portal window is open. Um, but I think if, if things go the way you lay them out, which is never a given in, in any kind of coaching arena, you rely on that less and less if your development's good, if your scouting is good for, for high school recruits. So that being said, at Nebraska, a place that we know, I think just based on location and how far you know, a good portion of that class has to come to, to live in Lincoln, I, Nebraska's attrition rate's always going to be high, in my opinion. So if you ended up at seven, if we're five years down the road talking about, yeah, they're about seven or eight each year, I think that, that feels about right to me. BC, t- or Brandon's talking about feels. I was talking to BC yesterday about numbers. He mentioned getting old and staying old, which was something that the previous staff was trying to do, and I 
I gave him the numbers by class, right? They've only got 13 seniors, but they've got 22 juniors, 22 sophomores, 13 redshirt freshmen, but 22 freshmen so far. When you look at the build and those numbers, does is that kind of a – I like kind of the way those numbers look, especially in the junior and sophomore class. Is that the way that you think Nebraska can and should trend – or what am I missing when I look at the bulk of where those players are? Uh, the one that jumps out to me from, from what you just ran the off is, well, that one and also the 22 juniors. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd have to look back and see. Um, but that feels like a little bit larger junior class. You know, we've seen some some years where – by the time you're 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 to the season, you're down to 13 seniors, like they are <laughs> in terms of what's listed on the roster now. Yeah. I think college college rosters, just by nature of it, are always going to be kind of front loaded to the the underclassmen side of it. If that does tick up, you know, if we start seeing senior classes that are more consistently 15, 16, 17, uh, that's probably a good development. That's probably a good sign about what Nebraska is doing development wise, because. A lot of those things tend to sort themselves out naturally. Like if a guy is super good, he might not make it to his, his junior or senior year, depending on if, if he redshirts or not. Uh, those guys that maybe are t- at too high a level, uh, uh, by the time you get to the junior, senior year, you usually find a way to filter themselves out too. Brandon, a new name that's emerged, and we're speaking with Brandon Vogel of HailVarsity.com, the managing editor for Hail Varsity. Um, and you can toss him a follow on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Brandon, a new name has emerged, a new prospect, you could say, in the portal, and that's offensive lineman Walter Walter Rouse, the Stanford left tackle. Um, he, he's drawing a lot of interest from schools like Oklahoma, Iowa, Kentucky, and Nebraska. And he's also scheduled visits at places. Um, and according to Josh Edwards, I believe I read that he has one set for Nebraska already. What could a guy like that do for a program right away, seeing that he's already started 39 games at left tackle? Already started 39 games and did it at Stanford, which, you know, Stanford has not been uh, what they were during the, the height of the David, David Shaw era, but that's still a, a, a program that I associate with really strong line play. So you feel good about the level of, I guess, training he has coming in. Those offensive linemen, offensive and defensive linemen are much like just recruiting from high school are always going to be, well, I, this might be different in the portal with the offensive line. Like those guys are gold. Like the competition for experienced offensive linemen is, is always going to be intense. Um, we, we've seen it with guys who have come from, you know, the FCS level. Uh, a guy in Nebraska was in and on signing day and missed out on. Like if you've got that experience up front and you're available as quote unquote kind of a ready-made offensive lineman, it's um, landing those guys becomes super super valuable. I think because it's that's the thing with with offensive line. We look at it and it's probably the biggest developmental position there is. Um, having an opportunity to maybe address some needs right away with a plug and play guy is it's kind of like a cheat almost. Uh, And I think you're seeing that with how much competition there is for those players. Brandon, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. We will talk again next week. Thanks be folks. Thanks guys. Coming up next, we will continue the conversation of Nebraska football and who I think they need to add in the portal. DB will weigh in and then we'll talk NFL. That's next on coffee and cream. 
on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Playing a little catch against that zone out beyond the arc. 13 to shoot. Black's going to try a three, and he buried it. Anthony Black with a line drive three from the right wing. 69-63. Arkansas by six with three minutes to play in the ballgame. For the senior, Oshun Oshuniyi. Takes a deep breath, collects himself, fires the second free throw, and buries it. 63-60 Iowa State, 5.4 seconds to go. Make him catch it in the backcourt, then foul. They do, Tanner Groves has it, dribbles ahead, and he's going to back up and fire a three for the tie. He missed it, and Iowa State wins it, 63-60 in regulation. Iowa State escapes. Not so much uh, for the, well, I guess Arkansas could be an escape too, but it, it wasn't like they were playing a bum team by any means. Yeah, top, top, a very top, good, top 25. A very good basketball team, but uh, it's something that we were kind of talking about right before we, we entered the segment of, you know, it, we, we saw a lot of college basketball upsets yesterday, and it doesn't always pay to be ranked. But at the same time, how much do the rankings actually matter in college basketball? I think you've got to get about a month in to a good conference slate. Like, I'll, tell, I'll ask me again around January right. 15th. I mean, maybe it gives you a good gauge, but, like, w- rankings don't matter at all. Cause it's it's it, very it, hard. You, you don't settle on rankings once you get to March Madness. There's so much fluctuation, and basketball's the sport that – even though you are a, a one seed or a two seed, a 15 can come in and just knock you out. And, and what did we talk about yesterday? It's a game of runs. You just get the better team that night. After even one and two now are difficult, right? I do like Houston. Uh, there's only four teams still left in the top 20 offensive and defensive efficiency, and, and Houston is one of those teams. But, I mean, five through 25, I, I didn't – LSU was outside the top 25 the other night, and I watched them play Kentucky – I didn't see a ton of difference between LSU and Kentucky, and Kentucky obviously in, in top fifteen-ish, and and the and the other thing is, gotta wait and see a little bit because the game has changed so much with folks in the portal and getting, um, you know, key players to leave, come and go, the old clash on should I stay or should I go. Mm-hmm. But I, th- there's just so much more balance. I, I, I don't know. But we heard Anthony Black hitting the line drive three. Yep. It's the last time you've seen a guy play all 40 minutes. Well, it's probably more recent than I think. Yeah, Anthony Black played all 40 minutes mm-hmm. for Arkansas that last night. You don't see that a ton in college. No, we've s- you need your best player, though, to come back in a game like that. I know Jays fans are raising their hands, though, because in the last couple of years they have seen a couple of guys log 38 39 yeah. minutes, <coughs> Marcus Zagorowski, <laughs> before. So I uh, did not take a rest yesterday to Anthony Black playing for Arkansas. Um, and as we said, Iowa State escaped Oklahoma late, but two spots above them in the rankings, Charleston. I yeah, didn't even top realize tw- top that 25. they were there yeah. <laughs> until last night when I'm like, I'm on only ranked games, and that's all I wanted to see, the scores of the ranked games. And I'm like, Charleston, NCA&T, why is this team there? 15-1 and on the year? Holy cow, they have some – they competed, too, early on against UNC in that loss? It was – it's funny because I joked with you being a degenerate with anytime puck scores, but I do have a buddy. He's in my phone as Degenerate Aaron just because – 
I mean, he's I constantly capping. Your phone at. <laughs> AR-15. Yes. Oh, okay, good. I try not to always say that out loud because sometimes people struggle with political correctness. And so I, I wanted to call you AR-15. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about nicknames. But You're then I just then guy. I just went with Drew Down, and I already have AK Four Channel Seven. You called me AR every now and then. Yeah, with with Andy Kendi. So I was like, ah, we can't have. I don't mean, want to get me mixed up with uh, Andy Kendi. I don't want, and I don't <laughs> want any amendment people mad at me. So I I kind of chill with that. But, um, you know, it's I college people whine about the product. And how good is it? And first it was one and tons, and now it's the portal. And the more I'm around this thing and the longer I'm watching it, it, it like, occur, I think it's just going to be like this for a while with such freedom of movement. Because where I was going, I've, I've, I was listening to, you're going back and forth on text with, with one of my buddies last night, that, that he's like, man, I, he's, I'm on Charleston tonight. I'm on Charleston tonight. And, and it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, gosh, of all the weird things. Mm-hmm. Not and, he te- you. and he texts me right back because he's like, oh, gosh, this line, it's, this line stinks. Right? It's not, it should be favored by more. It's A&T. And I'm like, first of all, who's capping like this, right. number one? But, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> and it's, things about it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't Aaron, by the way. It was somebody else. And, and it turns out it, <laughs> they didn't cover. <laughs> and I just was like, who is Elbow deep. I just I haven't even gotten really into college basketball in regards to I betting love it. yet this year I because love it. I'm still having a tough time reading what teams are outside of the teams that we talk about every day. And you know me, I don't like betting on those teams because yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to. You right? You rather have any time goal scores? Right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. No, I just don't like betting on teams that we got to talk about. Yeah. Um, you, know, you don't this, want to bet with your heart. This segment is, is kind of colliding with a bunch of different topics. We College basketball, we'll, we'll move into NFL here in a moment, and then we'll talk a little Jim Harbaugh as well. But speaking of collisions, Dingman's Collision Center is one of the best places to take your car if you're in need of auto repair. They've been in the business for over 25 years in Omaha. Family-owned, family-run, local business. They invest in the latest technology to stay up to date with the ever-evolving technology. We're dinging in the new year with Dingman's Collision Center. Uh, They work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas, which I looked up the other day, uh, the work that they do on Teslas, and they're like one of the only uh, uh, spots in town that take care of Teslas. So if you have a Tesla, which I know DB drives a Tesla every day. Better than um, a Tesla. (laughs) You know why Shane is so curious to use that ding for Dingman's? Ding. He thinks Darcy Dingman, who's runs kind of mm-hmm. their marketing, and she's the guru, is like the nicest person in the world. She was so nice to Shane <laughs> that uh, we had to hear about Darcy for, oh, I don't know, Shane, a couple of months. <laughs> oh, come on, Shane. But yeah, great. That, that's him peeling into the parking lot to talk to Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> so you get your ding game right, Shane. Ding, I won't judge you. Oh, man. They have four locations throughout the metro area, along with the standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. They've been voted first place best of Omaha for 18 years running. If you need to take your car somewhere, take it to Is that a lot? Dingman's Collision Center. 18 seems like a lot. Well, I'm 25, so <laughs> <laughs> that helps at all. Wow. Stop reminding me. Hey, I'm 25 in, in like, what, 11 months? 
Oh, you're that guy? No, I'm, my birthday's coming up. <laughs> you're February. It's less than a month away. Are you February? February 4th. Fe- my sister's February 5th. I think we've Yeah, we talked that about before. that because you have some mm-hmm. very Aquarius-like personality mm-hmm. traits that you share. Yeah. She is sarcastic Only good-looking well. people are Aquarius. She's extremely sarcastic. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> everything's we'll a, get along perfectly. <laughs> everything's a uh, joke. Let's transition here to the NFL playoff picture going into Week 18 because as I sat back last night and um, thought about Week 18 of the NFL, at least in recent years, it's the week to sit your guys. Keep them rested. For the playoffs. But this year, DB, it seems as if Week 18 matters more than it has in the past. Yeah. People need to play in order to secure a good spot in the playoffs or even the bye. No, I completely – listen, this is the – Shane, I'm not going to throw you a bone just because I like it. This will be the first week that I will openly be cheering for the Detroit Lions. (laughs) I mean, how – how many eyeballs is that Detroit Green Bay game going to get? So you just go ahead. You've never cheered for him. I mean, not open. No, I just don't think. No, the I'm a Steelers guy. Like, and the NFL isn't a thing that where I have multiple teams. I love the Steelers, and I'm interested in Carolina because that was the team that is gave me my first shot. Is there anybody hotter than the Packers right now? Like, no, the, and, and it's kind of what a a Rod does. Yes, but remember, just like five weeks ago, we were talking about if Jordan Love needs to take over. <laughs> Is there a rivalry there at all between Pittsburgh and Detroit? Would you stop? No, seriously. I mean, because Detroit hasn't been anything oh, for, unless forever. They're, unless they're mad that we won a Super Bowl in their city. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jump. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you heard that narrative, that story, but the bus was coming back to play for a Super Bowl championship in his hometown. <laughs> never, I had never heard that story before. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the NFL, it is, yeah, it, it is, it's a great week. I still, I'm curious, and I know you have to be, if they're going to bump the bye mm-hmm. leading up to the Super Bowl, or, so Cincinnati and Buffalo are going to play after, after. week 18. Mm-hmm. How and, about and that in a standalone game that's going to have a ton of impact? On the AFC especially, because you're looking at a, um, a Bengals team that's still fighting for the division. And then you're looking at a Bills team that's looking at the bye. Because remember, back in week five, I think it was week five, the Bills beat the Chiefs 24 to 20. And think about how much weight that win carries now for the Buffalo Bills, having them be well-rested well and, and uh, carry through with home field advantage. But uh, Seattle has the tiebreak over Detroit, though, right, if it comes down to it, head-to-head? They need a, a Seattle loss, yeah. yes, yeah. because Detroit needs a win and – well, yeah, Seattle, a Seattle, Seattle loss. loss. And Seattle needs a Green Bay loss to, are, go, to get in. And we're, you, are we playing for – is anybody playing for the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes? Do you ever – I do you ever, I care. Do you ever cheer for a team because there's a former player on there that you played with or a former Nebraska guy on, or um, a Nebraska guy on there? You know, because, like, no, Detroit had a bunch. More, more individual. Like, more individual? Yeah, okay. more individual. Like, you know, I wanted Weir to be all pro. I obviously wanted LP to – go bananas I I was very upset with Amir Abdullah when he caught the third down pass against the Steelers because the Steelers needed a key stop but I cheer for Amir right right um I cheer yeah I Levante all those guys I want individually individually, I want okay 100 percent you know I used to say to Grant Wistrom why do you keep sacking my quarterback like (laughs) light lighten up if there's a Seahawk you know we we talked about teams that we don't normally cheer for but if there's a team 
that you could cheer for in Week 18 to make the playoffs? Did would you say it's the Lions for you? Because it's the Lions for me, and I'm an NFC that I don't Lord. normally cheer for. Yes, because believe me, I'm hypothesizing about what the Steelers need to get in, starting mm-hmm. with a win. Right. Um, because I'm an NFC North guy. But I would love to see the Packers lose and the Lions finally get back is, there. Is there a team that I don't know? Okay. It would be between Seattle and Detroit mm-hmm. because I'm a Pete Carroll guy. Okay. I love Pete Carroll. Um, but the better story would be Detroit, obviously, and Dan Campbell because he's quirky and, and, off the, and, and, and kind of off the cuff. And, and – uh, Shoot, I think that maybe puts him in the coach of the year discussions, but I but I do think, and I was talking about this with Warren. I wasn't talking with him; we were just on Twitter. But Dable's his guy for coach of the year, and I said if not Dable, then probably Shanahan. I'm sure Campbell um, will, will get some some votes. And are we overlooking Nick Sirianni? Mm-mm. I don't think so. But I like Shanahan significantly more than I do Sirianni. In this discussion. But I still think Dable's mm-hmm. the guy. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I, don't let me convince you. No, no, no. You. I, I'm the, I, like, I like Shanahan most. As your favorite? As Just because favorite. of what they've been. That Just because r- of what, I, what they've been able to put on the field with <laughs> yeah. Mr. Irrelevant as your quarterback. And not even that. He's, and, and that offense was that he piecemealed. runs. Oh, my goodness. I just it, – it's fascinating – to watch 49ers games on TV because you just never know what play they're going to run. Or and they're doing a lot of stuff without top talent. Or who's going to hurt you. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, but the Giants, though, like I mm-hmm. just – and this was trending. What and you and, and, and I'm and those comments about uh, doing a snow I'm, I'm okay. Because I saw a lot of people, like, critiquing him for how he handled that, and I'm like – I didn't really find anything like so, crazy with so it. So two things can be true at I once. Mean, it's not mature, like it's very immature. But. Two, two things can be true at once. I didn't have any problems with the snow angel because I truly don't think he knew that Foles was hurt. I don't. I don't think he looked over at him. I don't think he's like, is this guy going to get up? I think he was on the ground and he did the snow angels. Now the smug, the tone in which he said what he said about not knowing Jeff Saturday – I was like, okay, I could see where that would rub people the wrong way. But I certainly am not going to think a 22-year-old knows who Jeff Saturday is who retired <laughs> when – I mean, how old was Kayvon Thibodeau? Uh, so Saturday retired 12 years ago? Yeah, but, I mean – How old – Thibodeau was in elementary. Yeah, I would still think that he's heard of the Stop. guy, Jeff Saturday. I mean, outside of the fact, like, maybe you didn't watch him play, but – Come on, this is a guy that got hired out of nowhere. You yeah. didn't just miss that headline. I don't know. You're I, talking about a guy that plays the game. He he's so everybody knows what goes on in the NFL if you're in the NFL. I'm not mad at him no, for no, no. not knowing. No, I'm he's not a either. Kid. But but at the same time, nah, he's not he, a kid. He's he a young knows. man. I, I, he knows who Jeff said. I don't is. think he does. He knows. So he did you? F- me so the it. the reason I'm kind of passionate about this because I followed this whole Kayvon Thibodeau thing coming out since he left Oregon, and how his stock wasn't as high because he had other interests mm-hmm. and he didn't talk the way that you know some NFL execs wanted him so to talk, talented. and he was kind of his own guy. I think that's who. T- knowing his personality, how he comes off since Oregon, it doesn't. St- 
surprise me one yeah, bit that he doesn't know. know in the Saturday. locker room, somebody Saquon Barkley walked up to him and goes, "Can you believe the Colts just hired a guy that's been an analyst and only nah, coached I, I'm school? telling you, those locker he rooms. I'm, listen, Drew down. Those guys don't give a rat's rear end. They don't. In those locker rooms, nobody cares about what's going on other than in that locker room. I, I'm telling you. Hmm? Now, maybe it's different from know. me because we didn't have the immediacy of, of news. Like those guys now will sit on in their cell phones mm-hmm. post-interview, right? They're you know checking IG or whatever it is that they do. So maybe it's different now, but I, I don't think those guys care. In game prep for the match matchup, just you, you don't think they're that at any point. Dable said, "Hey, Saturday's offense looks like this." No, they don't use names in the NFL. They use numbers. At least my experience, like number fifty-six, or hey, we got to know where thirteen is, or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they they don't. I, I I'm not mad at. I'm not mad, I'm not at mad either. I, I just now, do, do I love I his personality? At, the, no. at his age, like maybe he was like, ah, I'll tell, a, I'll, I'll tell a little white lie. I, I don't know who he is. Maybe he's just stirring the pot. Hey, we cover this sport for a living, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Doug Peterson. Uh, who is the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? Kevin O'Connell. Thank you. <laughs> Who is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns? Um, uh, Stefanski. Point is, you have to kind of go there, and it's what we do, mm-hmm. right? I, we did. The, I did this exercise once with managers in Major League Baseball. I think I missed like six, and I love mm-hmm. baseball. Now, if, if, I played, if I played that sport, would it be different? Fudge, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just hard. <laughs> hey, speaking of coaches, how about Jim Harbaugh's name being tossed I know, I, around I can't wait to talk Denver, to, to, to Parker, Parker about next. that. Yeah. You know, but I, if that's not the job that I would take. Of the potential job openings. You know what? I'm on this. I would love to hear your point because I wouldn't take the Denver job either. I think he would work better in a different spot. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be hamstrung with a quarterback. I don't think he's going to love that salary cap situation. You know who I think he would love to coach for? The Indianapolis Colts. And the reason I th- for that. that They're the best franchise available, I think. And he, but and I need to get inside he's Carolina in the ring of honor, for one. But two, the Colts actually have a first-round pick in the top five to where they could get a quarterback and now he can mold that quarterback. I don't they, think can run the, they can run the football. He's mm-hmm. getting a good offensive line. I don't line. think he wants to handle the out-of-his-prime Russell Wilson. No, I, I, I don't think that that's the, the best job. I could, you could talk me into Carolina, though. Although Interesting, also because they have a top-ten pick. And here's the thing about Carolina, though, with that ownership group is going to have to manage – just talking to people down there, obviously got a couple of close buddies that are close to that organization. There's a genuine relational tie with Wilkes in that community. I think Charlotte has embraced him as a kind of as a person, as a coach. I think the locker room has embraced Coach Wilkes. And, and listen, 
you're already kind of plugging guys in for the job and say what you want about the Rooney rule or not, but I think those guys typically know who they want to go get. But I do think Carolina's in an interesting spot because if you look at a team like Shane's Raiders, (laughs) I wonder if you gave them some true serum, would they have stayed with what they did at the interim last year on, and on the run that he went before they went and got Josh McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to stand down. So I, I'll be – that one will be interesting because I think that that's a good franchise. Put a little frosting on the cake. Do you think it's the end of Cliff Kingsbury? Well, it should be. But remember, and I don't know how the contract reads, he and Kime both got extensions. Mm-hmm. And I think through 2028. You. Now, they appear to be a family unlike, sorry, Shane, Davis, that can pay for his coach to leave. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they want to do that. I don't think he but leaves. You, but you ha- I, listen, he's got to go. You and I are debated this mm-hmm. before. You're Team CK. I'm not. Isn't it KK? Is it, is it Cliff with a K? I, I, I think it's Cliff with I a K. I try not to say KK a ton I, I, until I, it, unless it's, Kev, unless it's I can, Kevin Coogler. I and I even, and I even call him K2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand <laughs> so, um, that. <laughs> so childish we are. Um, I don't know. Shane, do we have time to get to these two, or do we need to take a break? I, I don't even recognize what we're doing. Um, we can maybe do, yeah, it do it quick. Let's do it quick. We'll go to line one. Michigan Lance is on line one with us. He's been waiting a long time. So Michigan he's got to go, go quick. we got to go quick here. We only have Lance, you, you got minutes. two minutes. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's up? Hey, man. Hi, uh, Harbaugh, man, I don't know what's going on, but, again, it still seems like it's coming from other people rather than him. Uh, but I would say, man, if he goes, I got no problem with that. He did what he was supposed to do, compete for championships, win the big 10 championships. And, uh, I think Ward Manuel, man, I think he's a, he's a guy where he's confident in what he's doing. He has a plan and I think he already got somebody on somebody ready to go because he knows how hardball is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just never know because he said, I think I'm going to stay in Michigan, but that doesn't really make me feel good if I'm uh, in, in that Michigan uh, fan base, locker room, et cetera. Hey, do you, Listen, do you appreciate go a good waffler? Because I don't know. It, it would get old no, to me. No, most definitely. And, and I'm not – I don't think War Emanuel appreciates it either. So I th- but I think he's also like, you know what, man, do what you do. I'm not going to fold. I'm not going to change. And so, do whatever you need to do. But I think sooner or later, it's going to have to come to a head, D.B., you're right. Like, and I think War Emanuel will bring it to the head. So, that's why it's kind of like I don't really know what's going on. And, but I think War Emanuel's in control and always in control because he's, he's an alpha male, man, and so is Harbaugh. And everybody doesn't like to work with people that help each other out that, that makes them better. When, they, when they're when they alpha male and they don't know for sure, like DB always says, hey, man, be comfortable not always being the smartest in the room. And, and I don't know if Harbaugh is comfortable with that. And Manuel has presence. He, there was an open booth next to our radio booth in Ann Arbor, and he just had a couple of people with him. And so he sat there for a while, even though it wasn't his box. It was just an open booth. He looks and acts like a guy that is in control. He has what I call yep. presence. 
Brian, sorry we couldn't get to you, we'll get but to unfortunately we have to get to Parker Gabriel next. He covers the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post. Uh, we have a lot to talk about with him, including Jim Harbaugh. We'll continue that conversation. Russell Wilson. And you know what? We'll go down the stretch of the NFL, too. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. There's a, there's a winner, there's a non-winner, uh, but it was, winner was football, was football. it was, uh, it was uh, a great game, great game by them, and I'm really proud of our guys. with you coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. I'm Andrew Rogers alongside Damon Benning, Shane Schillerberg and Sasha Durkin helping us out on social media in the room. We appreciate you joining us and love having you here. If you want to get involved on the show 888-638-4876 you can shoot us a message on Twitter. He's at Damon Benning. I'm at Andrew Rogers TV. Or you can join us live on YouTube. Leave a comment and uh, we'll touch on that if we have time. But I want to make time right now for our guy, Parker Gabriel. He covers the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post. He's somebody that has ties back to Lincoln, and DB couldn't be more excited to have him on the show. Parker, good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, good morning. PG, how, how are you, my friend? Is that, is that Damon Benning I hear? <laughs> Something like that. Hey, listen, and I was given the backstory to Drew Down. I, I, I told him. You know, because in my former life, I remember saying, I have got to get that guy. This was kind of when you first got here, but, you know, you could just kind of, whatever, talents were oozing, right? And I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to really like this guy. And I couldn't have been happier because some guys don't always land on their feet or do what they want to do. You got to do something on your own terms. And you're still flourishing, man. Is it is it rough being good at your job or, like, how does that work? Because we clearly wouldn't know. <laughs> no, you guys would know. Uh, I, it's uh, it's rough jumping into a situation mid-season and then covering a coaching search, which actually, funny enough, uh, basically did in 2017 as well. Uh, <laughs> you knew all about think, that, though. That one was yeah, easy yeah. because they got their guy. This right. one is complicated, PG. It is, yeah, and they've got you know, there's a lot of layers to this one, which we can we can get into. Um, new ownership, um, you know, a quarterback that you're paying forty million dollars a year, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. So it'll be it's an interesting one already. It will continue to be, but no, I'm I'm just happy to hear your voice. I I, I have to say, you know, Shane called and I was like, what the heck? They told me seven thirty and it's seven twenty eight. Oh yeah. So so here's the here's the difference, PG. <laughs> It is a very hard clock, so I don't have, we don't have near the freedom, so we actually have to be responsible. It kind of sucks, um, <laughs> but structure is good. <laughs> That's funny. That is so funny, Parker. Uh, so, but let me ask you because it is a little complicated. A year ago, Denver was a quarterback away. Ten months removed, it's. This is going to be a difficult job because of all that comes with it. How did that happen, PG? 
Yeah, well, well, I mean, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it has to do with the way that Russell Wilson played this year. I mean, if he if he had played like he played most of his tenure in Seattle, um, you know, the Broncos may not be in this position after 15 games of, of Nathaniel Hackett coaching. Now, I, I think it was going to be rougher than people thought it was going to be. That's pretty easy to tell now because it was a really young coaching staff, uh, probably, you know, everybody would do things a little bit differently in certain situations. I think Nathaniel Hackett would probably put his staff together differently. They got buried by injuries early in the season. You know, the, the list just sort of goes on and on and on. Um, this all may sound familiar to folks in Nebraska. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's never one thing. As much as it's, you know, you want to sit here and make it black and white, well, Russell Wilson played bad, and so, you know, the coach got fired and everything's terrible. It, you know, it's obviously a big factor when you get $161 million guarantee up to $245 million, but it's not the only one. So it is, it is going to be a tough job, but at the same time, uh, they have a decent roster, um, and if Wilson plays better in his second year in new circumstances, uh, the, the turnaround potential is there, too, and that's what they're banking on. I mean, Greg Penner, the one, you know, part of the new ownership group and the CEO said, uh, when they fired Hackett, um, that they don't expect this to be a rebuild. They expect to compete next year. Mm. You talk about year two, and uh, you hope it's better because at this point uh, you're spending a lot of money for uh, four wins, and you don't want to be doing that uh, for years down the road. But, uh, you know, I want to ask you this because I don't want to put all the blame on Russell Wilson. Do you think coaching had a lot to do with the poor Broncos play that we saw this year outside of the fact that maybe Russell Wilson wasn't the same quarterback that we, uh, that we saw in Seattle? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, think about it this way. They have, um, they had a, a, a coach who's a head coach for the first time. And not only that, but he took on play calling duties for the first time in, in four years in his own career um, they had a first-time offensive coordinator who'd never been a coordinator before, seven years removed from coaching in high school. Um, they had a first-time defensive coordinator, and they had a special teams coordinator who'd been a special teams coordinator one time in 2011 and had been an assistant most of his career. So you just they put a lot of people in first-time situations, um, and – you know, they hit on the rate that maybe you would expect would happen in that situation. Their defensive coordinator, Jairo Evero, is really good. I mean, he'll you know he'll be a head coach. Um, the other guys uh, struggled to some degree, especially Hackett and Dwayne Stukes, their special teams coordinator. Special teams have been bad all year. So yeah, I mean, I think experience and coaching and trying to smash so much new into such a short amount of time. Uh, definitely had a fat, you know, played a role. Maybe it would have gotten better. We just didn't see enough signs of that over the course of the year for the ownership group to feel like, hey, you know what, we can ride this out, um, and it will look a lot different next year. Parker, when you're taking a look at the landscape of the NFL as a whole, you knew this covering college football as long as you did. It's such a quarterback-driven league. Yeah. Are you more or less convinced that at the level that you're seeing now when you watch these teams that it is still a quarterback-driven league? Well, I, it's a quarterback-driven league, I, I think, 100%. But I, I also, like, 
it's a money-driven league too, and so you have to have the right combination. You know, like part of the look at look at the quarterbacks now. I mean, if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna pay a guy, you know, two hundred and fifty million, four hundred million, you know, you, you gotta you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to have a really really good young roster that's cheap around the quarterback. You're gonna have to have a guy that's playing at the level of a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, um, or you need, you know, sort of a combination of those things. Like the hard, one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is to win when you're paying a quarterback far above what his production level is. And the thing for Denver right now is like, they've already paid Russell Wilson a $50 million signing bonus and all of this, but like his cap number is actually pretty manageable next year. And in 2024, it's after that. It's 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 tw- it's twenty one percent or something like that. Yeah, in twenty five, and and so that's the thing. That's sort of the not put in make a move for that. I mean, if it plays poorly next year, they may feel like they have. But the real thing is, work roster wise years with him, about him at an elite performance, um, and you need some combination. It, your quarterback's has to reflect level of play or you have a little chance to be competitive. You know, Parker, we got about a minute and a half here, and before I let you go, I want you to touch on Jim Harbaugh for me because oddsmakers have him at plus 720 to be the next coach of the Denver Broncos. Do you is, is that see that fave? actually happening? I don't know. I just read that. <laughs> well, I think it's possible. It's going to come down to whether Harbaugh wants to get Bell and he last year and then and walked away from it. Um, you know, the, the top end of NFL money uh, can be competitive or on the top end of the crazy money in college football, um, even even in this day and age. So um, he just he checks a lot of the boxes of what the Broncos say they're looking for. Uh, he's won in the NFL. Um, you know, he's had success at the highest level. He's a strong personality. Obviously he's got leadership capabilities. Um, he's got a good eye for hiring, uh, staff. So that's the, that's why it all lines up. Um, whether he'll actually go for it or whether other teams will come for him too. Um, but the thing about Harbaugh is he just costs money. You know, yeah. capital Most NFL head under contract. I hope they'll go to the court. Um, and that leaves a guy like Parker, yeah. you're the man. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. We'll do this again, Parker. Appreciate you. That was Parker Gabriel. And coming up next, we have Brian Edwards. So a great segue from the betting conversation and the question I just had. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. And we are back. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, our final segment before we let you go. But remember, we are always on podcasts later on and go to Herd at Sports, find Morning Dump, and boom, you can catch us for that extra hour. But for now, let's go to Brian Edwards. He's on the phone. I <laughs> B, have you missed me, man? I have missed you. How are things? I have, Damon. Good to hear your voice. Happy New Year. 
Oh, man, I man. was going to give you a fresh, you know, sparky <laughs> intro, but I don't know. I Listen, don't know if I'm going to do it anymore. Nobody was more excited and can actually understand this than me and Shane. It's like, hey, we've got to, you know, as we're kind of building this thing, it's like we've got to get my guy back. You've been a day oneer, man. I've actually missed you. It's kind of weird. I know it's been weird. I've talked to you guys every Thursday for at least a decade. Yep. How many months has it been now that I haven't? It's since September, man. I was going through withdrawals. Feels like forever. Yeah. yeah. Longest, longest time we haven't heard from each other in a while. Right, let's let's uh, let's get right to it because uh, I think you're you're tugging at my heartstrings here. Sentimental. Let's With talk Steelers. <laughs> And the team that I hate more than any other team in the NFL, not named the Dallas Cowboys, the Cleveland Browns, in a must win if we want to have a chance, get two and a half. What do we? What do we? What do we like here, B? Yeah, I figured you'd like uh, like this one. Um, so you know, Pittsburgh needs Miami to lose at home to the Jets and New England to lose at Buffalo. But even if those things aren't materializing. It's not like Pittsburgh's going to, like, pull their starters. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season in his storied tenure. And uh, the Steelers are playing well. They've won three in a row and five of six, both straight up and against the spread. The Browns have been eliminated. The Steelers are motivated. I like the Steelers at home laying a short number. Brian, you know, as, as we look at a lot of these games going into Week 18, I was talking to DB earlier on in the show, and, you know, in the past, Week 18 really hasn't mattered, and it's kind of hard to predict things when games don't matter. You don't know who's playing, who's going to be sitting, but this is kind of a weird year to where there's so many variables in regards to playoff implications that you're going to see a lot of a lot of teams that are on the brink playing their starters and having to play their starters in order to either get into the playoffs or get a better spot in the playoffs. Another one of those teams after, you know, the postponement that we saw earlier this week uh, for tragic reasons was the Bengals, and they're fighting for a division title uh, against the Ravens, a team that has been without Lamar Jackson for 30-plus days. Uh, you know, they're laying seven right now. Do you like that? Yeah, I do, and I, I've been betting the Bengals, you know, every game yeah. for several months, and they're just they're on fire. I mean, they've won seven in a row, but straight up and against the spread since week three, uh, they're eleven and two straight up and twelve and one against the spread. Lamar Jackson didn't practice yesterday; thirteenth straight practice he's missed. Uh, it seems uh, highly likely that he will not. Uh, play again this week and uh baltimore has lost two of three mired in a two and five against the spread slump you know i know the Bengals went through a lot you know uh mentally and emotionally the other night but from a physical standpoint it was almost like a, a bye week it, you know just you know not the wear and tear on your body which it always matters this time of year so i think they should be fresh and um yeah i, I think uh you know i would have been on the Bengals in this spot you know, regardless, so um, I uh, I will be on them minus seven. Yeah. Hey, how much was the fact that Harbaugh was so indifferent at the presser? Hey, I'm just gonna focus on. I was like, ooh, that didn't <laughs> sound great. Maybe that's just a professional right. in him, but he seemed to be very dismissive of the Lamar Jackson situation. Yeah, and I don't know if that is frustration, perhaps with. Lamar, I mean, I wouldn't think so, or if it's just uh, 
you know, I don't want to talk about it with you media guys. You know, we're hoping he's going to be ready for the playoffs and quit bugging me about this. You know, I, I, I would assume it was the latter, you know, just about wanting to deal with the media on it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely an if, a question mark if he's going to even be ready for the playoffs. All right, your, your Falcons, Shane Schiller, or actually Sasha Durkin's Tampa Bay, Tom Brady Bucks. He's crossed over from the – no, I'm kidding. Uh, you like a total here. It doesn't seem like a ton, but Brady says we're playing. We need the rhythm. They're still the second most efficient passing offense in the NFL. That's crazy to say out loud. Just 40 and a half, though. Yeah, so the unders cashed in five straight for Atlanta and is 7-1 and one in the Falcons' last eight. They're number 31 in the NFL in passing yards. They've been held to 18 points or fewer in seven of their last ten. The unders 11-5 and five overall for Tampa Bay. They're 24th in scoring, averaging only 18.5 points per game. Uh, they met in Tampa early in the year, 21-15 to 15 for 36 combined. You know, I, I don't think Brady's going to play the whole game. Mm. And so then it'll be Gabbert, who I consider a, a shaky backup, or Kyle Trask uh, getting his first career snap. But regardless of what it is, I, I think we'll be seeing a low-scoring game. Blaine Gabbert, product of Parkway West High School in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, yeah, unfor that. unfortunately, I'm with a St. Louis guy, B, <laughs> but I'm managing. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, you know, you, a game that everybody's looking forward to is Monday. Yeah. And it's the national championship game. TCU is a pretty big dog to a Georgia team that allowed a lot of points to Ohio State, a game that probably people didn't think was going to be as high scoring, let alone as close as it was, but Ohio State almost had to, almost had a chance to really take that one from Georgia. Seeing that TCU was a 13-point dog and the way that Max Duggan is playing, not only that, but the way that offensively, TCU was able to handle one of the best defenses in college football in Michigan. Do you see a carryover effect into the national championship game? And, uh, you know, is 13 points too much? I think it is. Uh, I grabbed a little bit uh, the, right when it came out. I, I bought the half point to 14, but then I grabbed some more at 13 a couple of days ago. A lot of books are at 12 and a half, so if you can get 13 and you like TCU, I'd, I'd go ahead and get it now. A little worried Kendra Miller might not be able to go or might not be 100%, but the backup running back, DeMarcado, was great mm -hmm. against Michigan, 150 rushing yards, one touchdown on just 17 carries. Uh, Duggan's been great all year. You know, did have a couple of picks last week, but 30-4 to TDI-NT ratio in the first 13 games. And Georgia's defense has not looked that great the last two games. And I think TCU's speed and skill players are, are you know, equal to Ohio State. And I think Quentin Johnson uh, is probably the best receiver in the country. Um, it doesn't hurt that Darnell Washington, a really good tight end, is probably going to be out for Georgia. They're starting off at the tackle. Warren McClendon's really iffy. Um, I like TCU catching the points, but I also like the over. Uh, I got it at 63. Uh, the over is 8-5 overall for TCU, but one of the unders had 69 combined. The Horn Frogs averaged 40.3 points per game. Uh, Georgia averages 39.2, and their last two combined scores have been 80 and 83. Mm, BC? 
You, or P. Edwards, you <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever disappoint, man. And I just like the friendly voice. I was telling Drew down uh, some of our excursions in Vegas and yep. just one of the all-around good guys, He's man. He's your guy, and Patrick Everson is my guy in Vegas that Do I always like hang with. Do you know Patrick Everson? You know, he's working with Vegas Insider now. We've yet to meet face to face, but I've been familiar with his work for uh, a decade or so. Hey, you two would be like two peas in a pod. <laughs> like, and let alone, like, do you guys talk the same? Yeah. Like, think the same, but you kind of look the same. V. Edwards is the man. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I look forward to meeting him, hopefully during March Madness. But uh, he just got – Vegas Insider picked him up uh, probably, I want to say, right at the start of football season four or five I months think you're ago. Right. So I'm sure, I'm sure I'll meet him soon. Hey, you're the man, B. Appreciate you. All right, fellas. Thanks. Thanks. I'll talk hey, to you guys soon. For sure, for sure. Brian Edwards, He's, Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Yeah, so funny. We were – was this on the dump or the show yesterday where I was talking about um, – uh, De La Boutier from Minnesota being the D-line coach at Akron? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. It's, so <laughs> I was talking about the young guys, right? He is just this morning named the defensive line coach at Minnesota because, wow. well, Minnesota's had a little bit of an exodus, mm-hmm. right? D-line coach goes, co-DC goes. Um, got a message from Coach Collins yesterday saying a little change was arrived from Minnesota because they're obviously recruiting in our household. But he's just 24 years old coming over from Akron. Wow. Our buckle is at Western Kentucky. He's 26. Brandon Bailey's 28 at Buffalo. Uh, Bell at Akron again is 27. Aaron Bowl. The young kids. At Wyoming is 28. New kids on uh, the block. Chad Bowden is the director of recruiting. Uh, he's 26. Look like, at your notes page over here. I because mean, you got, I, you could flip through. So I, because I like mm-hmm. to know, I, I always need a frame of reference when we're always, when we're discussing things like age and it's like, you know what? There's a lot going on in college football where folks have gotten young in a hurry. And I almost didn't bat an eye at coach rules higher. Now, now we'll see if that, if mm-hmm. you know, all that glitters yeah. is gold, but. The Big Ten Conference getting young like I told you, in man. a hurry. Like I told you, young, young coaches, young kids, like they can be uh, some of the smartest people in the room. And wh- whether you're going for like a new, a new approach or you're looking at some, somebody that's hungry. Fresh set of eyes. I think it's more like don't look at talent based on age and experience. You, the most talented person in the room may be the youngest guy in the room. Mm. Or is that ominous foreshadowing? <laughs> yeah. Are you looking into that? You looking deep into that? <laughs> hey, if you want to see a lot hey, of our it's back your, and it's forth, your world. I'm just living in it. <laughs> if you want to see our back and forth live, come to breakfast with Benning at Hale Varsity Club tomorrow. Go to HaleVarsityClub.com to reserve your spot, purchase a ticket, and have some fun with us. We'll see you then.